here we are for the first coffee session of 2021. Welcome back, everyone. We have got an incredible session for you. This is going to be talking about we're well, actually, let me break down how this happened first, because we put up, I think it was a short clip, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Marianne, and Marianne commented on this clip, on the YouTube clip, and he said, oh, yeah, there's a lot of great underrated topics that are coming up in ML ops and ML in general. And so it got the wheels turning in my head and I thought, man, we should have a coffee session on some of the most underrated topics in MLOps. And of course, I, I invited Marion to join us because he mentioned, hey, why don't you do one about this? I think it was you that actually mentioned it, wasn't it? Now that my yeah. memory, my memory doesn't me. serve me so well. Yeah, that's correct. It was me on yeah. YouTube. There you go. It was uh, that's how it happened, and so we're here now. We've got my man Vishnu back in action. We all Whoa. had an incredible um, New Year's and holiday break, and we're back with more power and energy to get the ball rolling for 2021. So let's talk about this underrated topics in ML Ops and. Some of the things that we came up with, and Miriam, maybe we should just start with a bit of an introduction from you to get to know you a little bit better, and then we can jump into these underrated topics. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you guys for what you are doing. Actually, I think it's very important because uh, a couple of years ago, when I started to when I started to to looking for more for machine learning and uh, and AI. I figured out that who the heck have to do all the stuff? Who the heck should do uh, this thing? What people I should hire for yeah. doing AI and machine learning and stuff like that? And after that, I figured it out that should be another, uh, because we are doing, I will tell you more what we are doing, but in most of the, if, in most of the time we are doing uh, DevOps stuff, infrastructure stuff, and in terms of deployment, uh, there is a gap of, of professionals who have to do the deployments, and MLOps are the guys that uh, naturally um, came up to the to the field. So, thank you very much for for doing all of this. I think it's very important. I think that you are doing it in very very funny way, uh, and uh, for that reason, uh, my team was inspired and uh, uh, have created something very very specially. Uh, uh, they were inspired from the Christmas episode uh, that Demetrius uh, have launched, and that's why oh, no Demetrius, this is especially for you, man. Oh wow, wow! Look at that. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I so can't see it. But you yeah, gotta talk real fast. The unicorn wine glass. Yes, yes, with your haircut. <laughs> ah, that's great. That is great. <laughs> so, cheers, everybody, and. Uh, <sighs> It was very interesting 2020, so I hope uh, 2021 to be to be the greatest uh, uh, in the machine learning and AI world. Uh, so, so it'll be one of the greatest years. Uh, so cheers, everybody. Dude, that wine yeah. glass is cheers. absolutely epic. Can cheers we sell that as MLOps merch? <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. 
can we sell that as ML Ops merch? Of was course. It, it was handmade uh, though, huh? It looks very yes. handmade. Yes, wow. it is. That's Somebody awesome. on your team is an incredible designer slash drawer slash creative. Thank you. Thank you. The girls, so, the girls' names are Irena and Vessi, so they will be very happy when they see this uh, episode and when, oh, they, nice. uh, when they watch it. So thank very you. Nice. Thank you to both of them. So awesome. uh, back to your question. Uh, uh, actually, I don't want, uh, I, I don't like to talk about me because I think this is selfish. But anyways, I'll share some, <laughs> some stuff about me. Uh, I, have, I started with, so with the computer, let's say computer stuff, the computers, uh, I think 20 years ago. And my pro first professional experience with, uh, with, uh, with the servers and all the infrastructure stuff was in my kitchen when I, when I uh, became a student here in Sofia, Bulgaria, when I, when I live, uh, uh, where I live uh, uh, now. And so actually, I, I started with 42U uh, uh, rack, server rack in my kitchen uh, with a lot, of, a lot of hardware there. And uh, this was the start of my first uh, hosting company. It was epic failure. Um, it was, uh, there were a lot, of, a lot of interesting stuff uh, that happened. Uh, first, first problem that I met and I, I actually... Uh, um, I, I didn't know what why why happened that back back on that time, but the problem was that uh, these servers were so so noisy, and I, I started to receive complaints from the from the neighbors <laughs> and from the police because something is happen is happening there. It's very noisy there. We can't sleep. <laughs> and um, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, and a lot of stuff happened after that. Uh, and I failed, as I mentioned. But anyways, I decided that this is uh, something interesting, interesting for me. I, I, I love servers. I, hmm. uh, uh, I love to deal with them. They're, they're uh, very good friends if, if you care about them. So I started, uh, I started very excitedly in a hosting company, one of the biggest hosting companies in, in, uh, uh, for, for shared hosting. And, and I started, of course... Uh, as a person uh, dealing with servers as a web designer, web front-end developer. <laughs> uh, so I was, I was uh, how to say it, uh, a bit lame for something else. <laughs> but for the front-end developer, I was perfect back in nice. the, these days. So I worked for, for a hosting company, uh, uh, which is called SiteGround. After that, I started uh, in uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, telecoms here in uh, in Bulgaria as a backend engineer and uh, R&D engineer. After that, and after that, I continued to uh, to actually I changed a, a little bit uh, my employ there. I I, uh, I became a product manager and I actually I started to become bo uh, bored from the from the job. And after that, uh, back in two thousand. Uh, 2015, I think, uh, we started CloudStrap, uh, which was the first idea of CloudStrap was platform as a service company. But after that, we switched the focus there and uh, we um, changed it to a digital transformation solution for enterprises. And 2016, I think, we started another product, uh, which is called Sushido. Sushido is... Uh, uh, backend as a service uh, uh, platform uh, for mobile and web developers, uh, focusedly. 
Oxley there. And last mm -hmm. year, we started another product of CloudStrap, which is teachablehub.com, uh, which, which will be our, our uh, managed, managed service for, for machine learning models and machine learning deployments. Oh, nice. And the best, the best part of this is that uh, we want to contribute. So we want to contribute to the to the to the community and to the to the world and to the to the AI. And that's why we decided in our business model to to offer free resources and free um, how to say it. Every model deployed uh, in public uh, uh, in public access. So something like GitHub, it will be free. So APIs will be free, and everybody in the world can use it for free. And we, we the costs are on us. So. Uh, this wow. is something that we think it's it's important because we know and we want machine learning to be accessible and uh, to be um, accessible is the great start right yeah. now. Yeah, democratizing it a little bit. Yes. So you mentioned something interesting there uh, at the start, and I think it's important to note that we're looking at how and who does what in the teams. And that, for me, is a great way to kick off our most underrated kind of obstacles that you run into right at the beginning of trying to figure out this whole MLOps puzzle is, and I think it's also, not only is it like, oh, there's a data scientist that's doing one thing that maybe, should they be doing that? Does a data scientist need to learn Kubernetes? And then there's like, the does a data engineer fit into this? Yes, okay, but how? And then you also have like SREs because Vishnu and I talked to um, Todd Underwood, of, I think it was right before the break, and he's an SRE for the ML platform at Google. Yeah. So who do you need and what should they be doing? I think is something that we can dive into a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, this is a really interesting question uh, because there is really no definition of uh, what these positions should be and what they should be should should uh, should do. Uh, because, for example, with the data scientists, these guys are science, scientists. They are not engineers. Engineers in their PhDs, they are they are learning about. Uh, neural net architectures about algorithms about statistics math and stuff like that they don't have any experience or any knowledge with the engineering part of the software software development of software engineering and stuff like that for them docker for you could be a very let's say native thing and uh, something that you don't think about it you are doing it very uh, naturally but for them this is a great 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 danger or great uh, how to say challenge uh, in their in their job and uh, if if i if i came back a little more uh, the interesting interesting stuff another interesting topic and uh, thought is that why actually why actually because i think uh, why actually the deployment is underrated topic at all and why it's uh, why most of the companies uh, um, don't think more about that and don't invest money on that and stuff like that. First of all, I think that a lot less companies are achieving the successful models that should be deployed in production. So the success rate is very low because there is a, a, a big risk and there is um, 
a lot of challenges during during the training process and and du during the producing the right software for for the deployment. And uh, most of the companies that are that are successful in in this are actually the big companies because they have a lot of money to invest in the, in the experience to the tries and stuff like that. And for the small companies, for the small companies, it's almost impossible to to do it. And what what the management and what the people who are decided to uh, to involve machine learning and to integrate machine learning in, in the companies are thinking, okay, just like if we want to let's say build a mobile application uh, for for our product, I would like to start machine learning in our company or deep learning doesn't matter. So how will we start? We will start with data scientists because without data scientists, we exactly can't do it. or. We should start with machine learning engineer. What's the difference between machine learning engineer? And they are starting with the interviews. Exactly. And, and for uh, and from um, from the data scientists, couple of the data scientists, they do let's say only scikit-learn stuff or machine learning. The other ones are great in let's say um, deep learning with computer vision and stuff like that. Uh, machine learning engineers uh, are telling that. Oh guys, uh, I'm a machine learning engineer. I do only deep learning, so your problem is not in my field or something else. And the people are going crazy. What people I should hire and stuff like that. And after that, of course, they let's say uh, uh, hire data scientists. And after, if uh, the data scientists have some success uh, with with the prototype, they they do some successful prototype, and they have to have to deploy it. And what's happened yeah. after that? And what now? <laughs> who have to? Who have to? Yeah, who have to do the stuff? Who have to do the job? Should be? Should be? Uh, should it be uh, the data scientist? Should it be uh, the PHP engineer? I mean, the PHP backender or the CTO of the company? Who should be this guy? Or we should hire another stuff? And there is there is a lot of mess there. And uh, the reason, the reason, uh, uh, the reason for for all of this is that the community and the, the technologies are very young, and there is no standardization. There is no uh, knowledge about that. Enough knowledge. Most of the knowledge is in the very big company, in Google, and Apple, and Microsoft, and in the biggest one, IBM, and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's very uh, it's a very tricky question, and uh, there is a lot of options, a lot of opportunities. Uh, there is a different challenges. Yeah, what do you think, guys, uh, about that? Yeah, nice uh, to to flip the question. I mean, I think I think I think you hit it spot on. You know, I think uh, in terms of talking about how the different roles interact with one another, the uncertainty around who does what, uh, and that's the big thing, right? Who does what? Um, you know, when you I actually love the question that you started off this conversation with, which is like, okay, I want to do machine learning. Who the heck do I start with? Right. And when mm. you frame it that way, it's like the beginner mindset, right? You don't come like we come to this field with all these different, you know, knowledges. We're ML engineers, we're data scientists, but let's let's forget all that. If you're someone that just wants to do machine learning, you know, who do you hire? I know that if I want for, you know, accounting, I hire an accountant. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> and there's a clear set of responsibilities for mm. that person. And Good there's point. a clear obligation that that person has to the company or an outcome that that person will give to the company. And I think that's, you know, what, where I have seen in companies that have been successful, the companies I respect, the people I respect, they're very clear about what value they're contributing to the company, regardless of title. Mm 
And I think, you know, that it takes a good structure for that to occur. Um, yeah, and the, this is something that yeah. I remember when Elizabeth was on the meetup and she was talking about how she'll come in as a consultant and a lot of times it's not even clear if the company has potential for ML yet because they don't have the right data or they think they have the data, but it's not actually, it's not good data. And so there's a lot of factors that play into it. Maybe you find the right person, but then that person can't do anything with what you've got, right? So it's a very, very difficult obstacle and you have to be very clear about what you want. So Vishnu, I think that was an awesome point too, how you were saying, yeah, let's look at this and say, what's our problem that we're trying to solve? And then go higher around that. Like uh, actually someone just said that in the community Slack about how, wait, don't go out and buy a tool. Try and figure out what's the thing that you need and then go find a tool that does that. Yeah. So these are, these are great <laughs> points. I really, really enjoy that. But I cut you off, Vishnu. I know you were going to say something else. No, I mean, I, I think I was just going to say, I think the, the point that you made there about the quality of the data also is huge, right? A lot of times when people come into machine learning roles as a, as a first person, you know, I, I saw this at my company, you have to create the data. There's no data set waiting for you. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no CSV with labels on the left, features on the right and say, okay, you know, Mr. Data Scientist or Machine Learning Engineer, go to town, right? <laughs> Creating the data is machine learning nowadays. It is at that point, right? Where we are getting into such domains and such specific domains, specific problems. Um, and I think that that's a really underrated part. Speaking of underrated topics, right? Yeah, yeah. That's an underrated topic. So, I mean, my question to you, Marianne is, these are all great insights. How are you solving them at your company? How are you thinking about this problem and, and, and applying it to your company? Actually, actually, this is a very, very interesting question. And uh, uh, let, let me start with a with different angle. <clears throat> Why I think that uh, deploy, deployment of the machine learning is, uh, or machine learning models, let's say is, uh, it's a bit underrated. If you think of that, uh, when you Google for uh, how to deploy, let's say, uh, scikit-learn model or TensorFlow model or stuff like that, you are actually uh, finding a lot of articles that are showing almost the, ex the exact 10 lines of code. Import, 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 uh, pickle load, uh, flask up uh, something, and uh, server run. That's it. And most of the people are seeing these lines and they'd say, okay, so machine learning deployment is super easy stuff. But uh, if if this is the guy from let's say a big e-commerce with let's say ten million dollars of revenue per, per day, and for example accuracy of the model, uh, uh, I mean a percent of the model accuracy is in, is it's uh, equal to let's say hundred thousand dollars per day. So the monitoring is very important in that matter. But when you see uh, this and when you read this article, there is nothing about monitoring. There is not a, nothing about constant drift, uh, concept drifting, uh, uh, data drifting, and stuff like that. And uh, for uh, for uh, I don't know, good or bad, last year uh, 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 actually showed us that uh, uh, data drifting, data drift can can be a, re a real danger. And this is the COVID situation. 
uh, we had we had some customers that we, we thought uh, thought about uh, uh, talk about with them about their problems with the COVID. They have they had uh, e-commerce, they had retail. I mean, I mean offline stores and they are models and they, they 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 had lack of monitoring of this stuff and what's happened uh, uh one day is that most of the most of the uh, of the of the items of the the product were in the were in their warehouse for their offline stores mm. <laughs> and almost nothing in the online but the situation was completely different and this is this was because last year last year was the pattern and stuff like that so they were weren't ready for 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 that that change yeah i mean i have heard stories of so many businesses where you know you have all this historic data and covid just completely shattered it so you are just <laughs> and you're sitting there and saying i mean what's going to happen in the future i have nothing to i have nothing to predict on i have nothing i can do traditional machine learning stuff on yeah, yeah no it's yeah. Such, such a good point yeah so your question was how we are doing it uh this is very interesting question indeed so Today, today most of the most of the companies are actually having probably three three uh, options uh, when they when they need, when they need to uh, uh, let's say um, solve some some problem uh, to do it yourself uh, to buy a service I mean ready to use service or to to use some or couple of open source softwares and to uh, uh, integrate them and to uh, produce something. And this is a real tricky question: how to start, and uh, how should we start? I have, I have actually, I have actually a very uh, strict policy. I mean, uh, for my decisions uh, uh, regarding this is, if I can buy a service, I mean that will bring me speed, uh, uh, reduce risk, and stuff like that at the beginning. And after that, if I want to cost it myself, I should be able to do it. Or should be very easily to to migrate from this service to uh, to another service in order to to uh, to uh, store the IP and and the stuff in my company in my field. This is the, the great solution for me. Uh, <clears throat> I see a lot of I see a lot of a lot of companies start doing something from scratch and do it yourself. And for right now in the software engineering and the, uh, having GitHub with all the open source stuff. Uh, all these companies that are bringing super, super good, super good, and super great ideas and uh, and softwares, I think this is a time waster, a big time waster, because at the beginning you want to do something, and every time it looks like something very simple and a microservice that do that, and the second day is okay. Let's add this stuff. On the third day, let's add this stuff and and so on and so uh, so for it. After that, we start reaching some problems, uh, challenges, and a lot of a lot of stuff. And in uh, in a year and a half, you have uh, fifteen people working on this very small thing at the beginning. And in uh, in uh, after two years, you figure out that there is a great open source software or a great product out there that is doing. All of this stuff much better than you, and much more. <laughs> uh, so I think that uh, doing your do it yourself is is not a great start. Could be could be something that uh, you can do when you have a lot of experience and uh, you know what exactly should do, and there is nothing else on the market, mm -hmm. so you are unique. 
and you don't have you don't have choice and you have to do it by yourself but to start with it's it's not a good option so we left with two other options uh buy something that is working i mean main service or anything else that is working or uh use open source software and host it somewhere and do it so this is depends on, uh, on your team and your company if you have experience to do it do it i mean it's uh if you are a great a big team in your big company so probably the cost should be uh something that is that matters for you uh or maybe a time if the time matter for you probably you should buy something ready to use to experiment to start doing and stuff like that if you know what you have to do and you have some experience and the cost or security or uh i don't know ownership is very important to you so probably you should use open source software. Um, and yeah, this is actually how we are doing in the company uh, and how we decide what to use, how to do the stuff and, and yeah. There's so many interesting points that you bring up on this idea of, are we going to go open source? Are we going to build it ourselves? Are we going to do a mix of the two? Or are we just going to get some managed service and one thing that I think about is when we talked to Neil from Monzo Bank and he mentioned how buying something will kind of leapfrog you. So just like you said, if you're a small team and you're looking to get into this and get some quick wins, then it's probably going to be a better idea to just buy something so that you can get that win and you're good. But if you're for him it wasn't the case it was like no we want to make something very custom and we want to make something that is for us so what we're doing is investing in our own infrastructure and their building and the one thing that comes up in my mind that i find really kind of i haven't figured out why yet and we i asked this at a meetup a few weeks back and People were talking about how just new the field is. So it's not really commonplace to see so many managed service offerings and to be like very comfortable with the managed service offerings that you do see, right? So the, the thing that I was thinking about was, wow, in traditional software development now, managed services you hear a lot of great engineers talking about how if you can get it as a managed service, it's always better to do it that way because it's easier and you don't have to wake up at, you know, 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, 2 a.m., yeah. You should, you should fix, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with ML tooling, I don't see as much of that. I don't see people so excited to jump on the managed service bandwagon yet and that might change that is i mean who's to that say will that definitely change actually i think yeah you think so and yeah. so what do you what is your what are your thoughts around why that hasn't happened yet and why it will change uh, i think the answer for that question is very simple uh, in my opinion of course uh right now everyone is passionate about that and there is there is almost nothing on the market. So there are a lot of field of exploration, a lot of field of innovation and stuff like that. And I think that's that's the natural way 
natural way to uh, develop this ec ecosystem with the tools and the stuff like that. There is no other way to develop it because most of the tool uh, uh, couldn't be monetized. So there, there is no reason to do business about that. But there are a lot of tools that should be open source, that should be free in order to, to bring the machine learning, engineering, development, and a lot of stuff on the next level. So uh, this is the very natural natural way for me right now, all of these things that are happening. After that, when we have most of the tools, when we have the Git for, uh, uh, for the machine learning, when we have the Kubernetes and, and all, all the stuff, when we have the GitHub, most of the basic stuff, uh, and then we will focus more on the results. I mean, more on the, on the productivity, more on the, on the, uh, quantity and uh, and the quality, and then we should focus all our attention and all our uh, uh, energy, especially to these results, not not to the equipments, not to the to the tools and the stuff like that. They they will be there. So, uh, in my opinion, this is this is the reason and uh, and why uh, this will change in the future. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great yeah. vision. And I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that makes that makes the that makes a ton of sense, Marianne. And I think exactly what you said, right? We're starting with exploration, and over time, we will start to focus exclusively on results, right? And 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 that's a that's a natural process. I think when I was listening to you talk about the open source versus do it yourself versus buy it, you know, it reminded me of in you know in the community we make this analogy a lot. MLOps is just DevOps with the flair, right? Yeah. The, yeah. And DevOps, there's a lot of work around specific models of adoption, right? How do you be a change agent in your company? How do you demonstrate the application of a tool? When do you do something custom versus not? And we will develop that over time, right? For MLOps, and we will, and as as the results that companies need become more clear and standard, we will start to see the same kind of uh, you know adoption processes, the same kind of knowledge building. Um, that will allow people to take advantage of machine learning in a more sort of regularized and, and standard fashion. Yeah, that's um, that's also a great point. Yeah, so... I, I wanted to just jump in real fast too, just to mention that I think right now it's also very difficult for most people to really get a lay of the land like you were, you were talking about, how there's so many tools out there and there's so many different open source projects and... How do I know what's going to keep going, what this does and how it fits into my stack yeah. and how it is able to integrate with this other tool that I was thinking about using. And so there's not really this clear idea of, okay, I if I need to do machine learning, I'm going to need one of these from these toolings. I'm going to probably need some of this and a little bit of that sprinkled on top. What, what I feel like you definitely are starting to see is there are like the, the congregations that are happening that you'll see, okay, there's maybe in this field, like pipelines, you see, we need some kind of pipelining or monitoring. You brought that up earlier yeah. or now feature stores or the <laughs> another concept what or another concept yeah exactly and so what is really hard though right now is that there are so many different avenues that someone can take so imagine being that the person in your shoes right like going back to what you had to go through and you're saying 
all right, we want to do ML at my company. So who do I hire? And what tools do I give them? What data do they need? Like they're going to have figure that one out. That might take a long time. And so how can we get the quickest wins possible here? It's a really, really difficult problem to tackle. And that's why you see all these Gartner reports that say, you know, it takes or eight out of 10 machine learning models never get into production or whatever it is like we've all seen those statistics and so that's that's a that's an interesting beast to tackle and i think these are all like the intricate parts of machine learning and if you want to do it how to look at it and so that's my rant (laughs) i don't know if you wanted to add anything you're doing very great points And I, and I was uh, uh, talking about it, my colleagues, uh, exactly the same thing with, with most of the technologies and the, the projects that are coming uh, day after day. Every day, there is no project, no idea, no new, uh, new concept and stuff like that. And uh, the problem with most of them actually is what you're mentioning. They are, you can actually, you can't actually figure it out. What's the main focus of, of, of these tools? What are actually they are doing best than the other? Uh, if they are, let's say, a uh, 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 full exactly. stack solution, can I can I integrate it with my existing stuff? Can I integrate it, let's say, with with the AWS services or with the Azure services or with uh, uh, with Kubeflow I'm using right now or the other uh-huh. stuff? This is not obvious. This you, you can figure it out very easily. You can figure it out. Uh, uh, how they will how they will uh, develop their their their, their future? Uh, they will uh, uh, are they will be uh, uh, integratable with with the new stuff that are coming? Uh, how fast mm-hmm. they will move exactly. forward and stuff like that? And in yeah, how opinion, much momentum is behind them? Exactly, and and uh, the best solution uh, and the best approach, in my opinion, of course, is to start start small and start simple because it will be very. So to focus only on simple problem uh, that you are you can m- bring more value than the others uh, because uh, in this way you can be very visible for everybody that you are the best solution for exactly this stuff it, it could be a, just a bit thing a very small tiny thing but you are the best on, on that and the answer can I integrate it with with all the other solutions yes you can because this is a very very tiny bit that could be integrated with everything. Mm. This is a not a great or full stack solution that you need to change all your uh, all your uh, processes, all your stuff to start using it, start testing it, and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's something else that I think I don't know yet. The jury's still out for me if it helps or if it hinders. But you see on Medium and on Twitter and LinkedIn and. All, all the time about like, here's what the landscape looks like. And you're just hit with a wall of company and then a wall of different like areas and what they do. It's like that for me confuses me more than it helps me sometimes. (laughs) I look at it and it's like great to see, oh, there's a new company in this field or there's a new company doing this, but 
for a lot of the time, I'm like, wait, what is that? And why would I need it? Oh, I only need it if I'm doing this very specific type. But it goes back to your point that like, yeah, start small. So you have to have, you're going to have a million companies if everyone's starting small and they're able to do it. The Then you're going to want to, you're going to see these like landscape uh, diagrams where it has a ton of different companies. Mm. You are not alone here. I mean, I think I think everyone everyone is blown away with uh, with the, the the quantity of new software and new ideas and concepts are coming every day. So I think it's very hard right now to figure it out. I mean, even for people that are trying to be on the on the edge of the wave, I mean, to inform every day for the new stuff uh, that are part of the communities talking about this stuff like you guys. I think it's very, 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 very hard to be to be on the uh, edge of the wave. Yeah, I think the Demetrius, I, 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 the the number of landscape posts that you see, it's 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 so many. I think the question that I kind of have about talking about this is just like when we're talking about standardization and 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 how that happens, right? Um, how are you guys thinking about it? You're a company that's fo- focused on deployment, on monitoring. How are you guys making the case for how standardization should occur in your specific niche in MLOps? How do you make that case? Uh, in my opinion, uh, here here is more the most important thing is to, to, to have some standardization. I mean, just to have it, that doesn't matter uh, this is the best way or there is another best way this is not important especially at the beginning the most important if, uh, thing is to have some standardization and if you have a mis- so if you do a mistake or if you are doing a, 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 an error with this or a mistake with uh, with your structure with your standardization policy and stuff like that should be should be mistaken everywhere so uh, just like my uh, partner Pavel uh, says, if, uh, if you are doing a mistake somewhere, do it everywhere because it will be very easy to find and replace it after that. <laughs> because we see nice. most of the people... I like that. Are, yeah, and the developers, what are doing? They are starting with something. Oh, this is our protocol. Or this is our way to do something. And in two weeks, they are, of course, improving. They are growing as engineers and developers and experts. And they decided to improve it. But they do not uh, re, uh, uh, refactor the old code or the old stuff. <laughs> and after that, you are actually having uh, systems with 13 versions of something, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is a big mess. Yeah. And after that, how you do monitoring of, let's say, 13 different outputs of data or how to do monitoring of 13 different outputs of your logs and stuff like that. So that's why uh, standardization, in my opinion, is very important and doesn't matter what your standard is. <laughs> and before but we jump in, standardization, yeah, yeah, I I want to make one more point about the standardization and and also the idea here that we were talking about this, you know, the landscape that we're in right now, and you see this gigantic landscape pictures and. I notice that when we talk to, again, I'll reference talking to Todd, who's an SRE at Google. He's the ML SRE. 
he said something that stuck with me and I've been thinking about it a lot. And it's that we haven't seen strong PMs in machine learning yet. Like in MLOps, there's been no strong PMs that come out and say, here's how we're doing it. This is why we're doing it. And this is the way to do it. And, uh, and ideally you have many of those who can discuss between each other. Right. And then you all, we all learn from them because they have their opinions and they are able to debate on why their opinions are the better opinions. And so just back to the standardization of, of the, tooling industry i feel like that will happen at some point it's just the marks of a very new industry that we're living in right now right and so you see all these different tools and i imagine they're going to be consolidated as time goes on or you'll see clear winners but i think it's it's a fascinating place where we're at right now to look at and see look out and just see the sea of tooling companies and and all of that but i know i wanted to get into monitoring with you vishnu i think you had a question on monitoring yeah i mean so we have talked a lot about standardization about all the different tools that are out there and i agree with you you know going back to the very topic here monitoring is an underrated component right because i think and look the reason why it's underrated is because a lot of a lot of companies they almost assume you know, with the way that they approach problems, that they're never going to get to the production problem, production phase, right? And it's a, something we'll solve when we get there. When in reality, you know, I think you would probably also agree with this, that monitoring is, is just as crucial to the setup of the problem. And it helps, okay. you make sure that, it helps you make sure that your solution is working at all times, right? And, and that's something you want. You don't want a solution that works one week and doesn't the next, like with the COVID situation. So talk to me about monitoring. How do you, I have a model you know, I'm a data scientist at a company, um, and now I think you know I want to deploy it. Where does monitoring fit in, and what are the things I should be thinking about as I do that? This is a very interesting question here, and I can I can actually connect the standardization and the monitoring uh, as well, because when you when you speak with with the companies, when you speak with the comp uh, when you speak with the companies, different companies, and they say, oh, our monitoring is quite unique. And uh, there is no other uh, stuff and there is no other way to monitor it. We have the know-how, how, what exactly to monitor and stuff like that. But actually when you are, when you are um, let's say approaching a, a computer vision problem, there is a couple of stuff that are very important to all of the companies. Okay, there is a few stuff that are unique for the companies and I pretty agree with that. But most of the stuff are, are actually uh, quite the same. And uh, I think I think that uh, one of the challenges here and uh, is the lack of the knowledge in in the different fields. What are the important things things that you should let's say monitor monitor about that that should think about that and stuff like that. And uh, here I see a lot of opportunity to to companies that are jumping in this field to provide exactly that knowledge. I mean, all the all the. If you are, if we are talking about monitoring of servers, to monitor the IOPS, to, to monitor the, the the VRAM, to monitor uh, uh, I don't know the, the CPU and the, the the disk, the the healthy of the of the disk and stuff. Like that. I mean, these these stuff are how to say native. These stuff are uh, by default. So 
I think that there is a lot of opportunity here for, for these companies to, to do the by default stuff. So if we are doing fraud detection, there is the stuff that you should need to monitor. Okay, integrate this SDK and you will monitor everything. And when, you, when we have SDKs and when we have these, uh, let's say, um, uh, services or softwares, we will do a better job with our actually software. And uh, because if we integrate our software with these SDKs, we actually will do something that we, after that, can change the solution uh, uh, of monitoring. So we will need the exact data that is needed to, to bring the results of the monitoring. So we can do it by ourselves after that if we, if we decided to and, and stuff like that. Because at the beginning, as I mentioned, we don't have the knowledge. We don't have how to, how to achieve some, some goal, how to, how to start. Because when you, let's say, develop an API output or API design, <clears throat> There is a lot of options. There, there are a lot of uh, ways to do it, and probably most of them are are true, are are okay. Uh, uh, the 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 difference is the pros and cons. So there are different pros and cons, and you can't easily figure figure it out what's what's our uh, our solution. So if we start with something and if it doesn't work as well, you you will start with some basic some some basis. You will know what to do if you want to do it yourself after that, and you can jump on it after that. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying there, right? Which is, you know, start with something. You know, something is better than nothing and, and, and iterate exactly. based on that. You know, I think a lot of times that's hard. You know, we look for the perfect solution uh, from the jump. Because, especially because machine learning is, is supposed to be such a, you know, we want it to be a precise field. We want it to be a high value field. And, you know, we assume that any imperfection you know, that's our reputation, mm. uh, you know, mm. and I think a lot of times machine learning professionals might struggle to acknowledge that, hey, you know, this is the strengths of our approach and these are the deficits, you know, these are the things that we don't yet know. And I think for yeah, us, just like, just like active learning, for example, when you start monitoring, there, there is no reason you to know what is active learning. But when you, when you start with the monitoring and when, when you have some results and you need to figure it out. Okay, guys, the production data is different than the training data. How to, how to, uh, how to, let's say, refresh it, how to update it, and stuff like that. And after that, you find out that there is a way uh, which is called active learning, and with a lot of stuff coming with it. And you, you, you start doing active, active, active learning. For example. Yeah. Right. 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 So, so this is all a process of experimentation and learning, and and we should be applying the same thing to the context of model monitoring. I think. What you, what you said also rings true about how the knowledge isn't there yet at our company. You know, we're a healthcare company and a machine learning and healthcare, you know, we don't necessarily know because machine learning is unearthing, you know, new correlations, new relationships that we don't necessarily know ourselves intuitively about, you know, what the relationship is between data and certain outcomes. And because of that, it can be hard for us to know, okay, what should we be monitoring and what changes the nature of that relationship? We don't have any understanding of it. So, I mean, in that context, like if I wanted to just get started, you know, what's, what's the first thing you would suggest? Let's say I'm in a computer vision sort of paradigm. How would you recommend people get started? Because I think there is a real lack of knowledge in terms of how to get started in the realm of model monitoring. It's something that I'm grappling with right now, actually, in my own company. That's so, so interested to hear your perspective on it. Uh, actually, my formula for uh, uh, about all of this is just to move on. 
just to move on. So everything that you will do and we will move on is the right the right thing. Because with every step you learn some some new stuff. You will you will be much more confident about the next step. So this is the thing. Do not overthink it. Do not uh, do not be uh, let's say afraid to do something. Just do it. Just do it because right now there is no wrong 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 step. That's it. That's it. If you want to innovate in that in that field, there is no wrong step you can do. You're, that is such a great point. That's such a there's nothing wrong you can do, right? In the sense of if it's if you're adding on or you're looking at this monitoring, don't be afraid of taking the wrong step. You know, exactly. try something exactly. and it'll give you more confidence. I, I I love that, and I think that's exactly the kind of you know beginner mindset and approach that a lot of MLOps professionals really need to adopt. I mean, that's that's uh, that's really 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 agree with that. Uh, one thing I did actually want to ask you about very briefly is, you know, you're in Sofia, right? And yeah. one thing I've noticed is that there are a lot of great mm-hmm. ML companies in Eastern Europe. I mean, Grammarly, you know, JetBrains, and, you know, there's so many companies that are coming out in terms of machine learning and our community also. There's so mm-hmm. many great professionals from Eastern Europe. Can you talk to me a little bit about the ecosystem there? What's made it so fertile for machine learning to, to grow in the way that it has and for great companies to come out? Uh, thank you very much for the kind words for for that for our uh, let's say region here, and I think that the the main reason is because we are we are outside U.S. and we are outside the big countries that with a lot of cash uh, and um, and we want to be part of the world uh, and. Uh, we actually really love to to do what we are doing uh, with the computer stuff, with uh, with the problems and uh, uh, and that kind of stuff. And we invest a lot of effort uh, in, uh, in in that field, and that's why we bring results. I mean, we are not lazy. <laughs> in in other words, we are not lazy. We yeah, we do we do this uh, uh, very 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 hard. Uh, the other stuff, the other stuff that is important is because Eastern Europe is or was a very cheap uh, outsourcing destination. And this is the true reason. And there are a lot of, a lot of uh, outsides, I mean, US or, uh, or UK or uh, uh, Western Europe knowledge uh, from the companies that are uh, starting uh, offices here or uh, that are bringing projects to the, to the Eastern European companies. For example, <clears throat> for example uh, uh, one of the, one of the one of the uh, one of the biggest uh, R&D offices uh, of Uber is here in Sofia, uh, and uh, actually most of the innovations are 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 coming from here, from Sofia, in Uber. And um, okay, not most, but some of them. So this is not my expertise; I can't be so sure. Uh, but we have we have let's say in Sofia, IBM here, the R&D center, one of the R&D biggest R&D centers of VMware are here in Sofia. And a lot of successful companies are here. So thanks to the, the knowledge of these companies from uh, all around the world, we have, and uh, uh, it was a very, very great base for the community. And uh, the result that we really enjoy the technologies and the innovations are the, the things that are uh, spoiling everything and uh, bringing these results. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's really great for, for me to hear and I think for our listeners to hear what's going on in the world. And, you know, to, I didn't realize the extent to which, you know, there were this, this, that Sophia was a global engineering hub, you know, also for a lot, of, a lot of other companies. And I think I know that I'm definitely very excited to keep seeing, you know, 
companies pop up uh, from that part of the world and, and, and share their knowledge. Because I think, you know, the more people that we have across the globe that are working on MLOps, you know, the better we're going to be able to solve everyone's problems, you know? Yeah. And so I, I uh, think, you know, it's, it's really great to see the, the quality of the companies and the work that's coming out uh, from, yeah. from places like Sophia. Yeah, it's a little bit like it's what you said earlier, Marianne, about the companies that are going to pop up and they're going, we're going to evolve this because we're going to need to solve our problems, right? And so the more companies that come up and the more that are doing this, and then we're going to evolve together, hopefully, and, and make machine learning better and easier. And the classic metaphor that everyone says is like machine learning operations right now is to it or is what software engineering was in yeah. the 90s, right? We've all heard that one. It's like, it's too slow. It takes too long to iterate. And a lot of companies are trying to tackle that problem. A lot of our community is all about that. And I think we've discussed quite a few nice pieces to keep in mind as to why it takes so long and what things you need to be thinking about not only on the tooling side but also on the organizational side and i like that you brought that into it because that's potentially more important right so i'm very happy to have talked with you i'm glad that you wrote that youtube comment and that we got <laughs> together to do this because this is a, it's, it's an awesome chat and it's super needed. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Thank you very much for the invitation. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation with you guys. And yeah, man. yeah, thank you very much. Right on. Well, everyone, this is it. We're signing off. We will see you in the next coffee session. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye guys. And... <laughs> <laughs> Look at that cup, man. That's so awesome. <laughs>